Join WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio and tour guide Guy Murphy of Totally Yours and enter into scripture, bringing to life the rich traditions of our Catholic faith as we journey with Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Journey with Jesus, including the 15 proofs that Jesus Christ is the Son of God on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm your tour guide, Guy Murphy. Joining our pilgrimage through the Holy Land is Jeff Scott and Beth Fassett. Welcome, Beth and Jeff. Thanks, Guy. I'm glad to be here. I'm learning a lot as we journey with Jesus. Last time, we went to the shepherd's field where they were visited by the angel and then Bethlehem where Jesus Christ was born. What insights do you have for us today? This time, we will go to the Judean desert. We will visit the spot where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls and we will discuss the proof number four that Jesus Christ is God. Later, we will even take a swim to the Dead Sea. We will also learn more about how to teach your soul how to fly with the angels. Good, I like the proofs that Jesus Christ is God. How do I teach my soul how to fly? The first step is to hear the introduction to the angel apostolate. It's called the Angels of the New Era. This is where you could teach your soul how to fly in 33 days. You will both help me out with the introduction, okay? Okay. A young man named Ben was traveling with his angel during a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. The angel was tall and had very large wings. Ben was a feisty but cynical guy who liked to challenge the status quo. As they approached Bethlehem, Ben said to his angel, There are so many problems in the world today, such as drugs, violence, divorce, wars, stealing, abortion, corruption in politics, and look, even here in Bethlehem. Look at that monster 28-foot-high prison wall that they're building. Where are the principles of freedom? What a disaster! There was a slight pause, and then Ben complained. Jesus Christ was born 2,000 years ago, and there are still so many problems in the world. I guess it didn't do any good at all, did it? The angel's piercing eyes looked at him, but kept on walking. After a short time, they came upon three children playing in the mud. The angel said with his thunderous voice, Look, Ben, at these children. Soap was invented 4,000 years ago, and they are still dirty. I guess the soap did not do any good, did it? There was a long pause, and then Ben, being a tough nut to crack, argued. This is different. These children should have listened to their mothers and stayed out of the mud. Even now, there's nothing wrong with the soap. You just have to apply it. The angel said, It is the same thing for the world today. God sent our Heavenly Mother to ask us not to go in the spiritual mud, but we don't listen. Even today, all the graces to bring peace and joy to the earth are available through Jesus Christ Church. All we have to do is apply it. Ben was in awe and then said, Grace? Yes, grace. The truth is, without the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, you humans would have blown yourselves up a long time ago. Go on. Mental prayer, meditation, is the key to 
to applying the grace of Jesus Christ and His Church effectively into your lives and into the world. Oh yeah? What is the angel method and where do I start? You start by learning the angel members' prayer and repeating it often to get the grace from the good God to meditate. God is everywhere. First, you must take a moment to recall that you are with the angels in the presence of God and pray, Dear God, I beg you to please give me the grace that the three powers of my soul, my memory, my intellect, and my will will be for the greater glory of God. Keep praying this angel prayer and then someday the Holy Spirit will put a burning desire in your heart to read the first angel story in the Angels of the New Era Constitution. Does this have any use in today's society? Yes, it is used very effectively in advertising. Why do cola companies spend over $1 million for a one-minute commercial when they do not even say, buy this cola? Why? Because in one minute, they fill your memory and give your intellect something to think about. The next time you are thirsty, your will will prompt you to reach for their cola. In addition to this, the people in the mass media use this power to move most of the world to go wherever they want. They especially move the people who do not know how to meditate. Okay, I would like to start. I think I'm going to like to fly with the angels. Where are we at now? We were at the caves of Qumran where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. Some Bedouins found the Dead Sea Scrolls in the winter of 1946. The community here was called the Essenes, and they were a sect that was broken off of the Jewish religion who reverenced the sacred scriptures. They lived in the area from approximately 135 BC to 73 AD. Some of the oldest copies of sacred scriptures are still in existence were found in these ruins. Wasn't it a shepherd boy who found them? Yes, as it turns out, he threw a rock in the cave and heard the outside vase shatter. And that happened in cave number four. And as you look over the cliffs, you see the famous niche in the cliff. And that included a copy of Isaiah the prophet. What is comforting to note is the words match up almost exactly to what the Roman Catholics use in their sacred scriptures today. Also, they found copies of the Book of Wisdom and the Book of Tobit, in which the Holy Spirit revealed to the Church to include them in the canon of scriptures as the authentic Word of God. It is amazing that it still matches what is in our Bible today. Yes, because some of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters don't include those books. But of course, we know the church that Jesus founded does include them. And it is good to review a few things about Jesus Christ as we're here. Because the unique word of sacred scriptures, Catechism number 81, states that the sacred scripture is the speech of God as it is put down in writing under the breath of the Holy Spirit. God is good. Catechism number 06 clarifies that God inspired the human authors of the sacred books. To compose the sacred books, 
God chose certain men as true authors that they consigned to writing whatever God wanted written and no more. Since God is the author, there are many levels to the sacred scriptures. There is the literal sense of scripture, which was proof number one of Jesus Christ being the Son of God, as we noted in episode number six. Details written about Jesus 100 to 1500 years before he was born, details of his birth, details of Jesus' miracles, and even details of his sufferings, etc. But there is also a spiritual sense in the Word of God. And this is proof number four. This is where the events themselves can be signs that point out to Jesus Christ. What is the spiritual sense? The spiritual sense can be split up into three categories. Number one, the allegorical sense. We can acquire a more profound understanding of events by recognizing their significance in Jesus Christ. Thus, the crossing of the Red Sea is a sign or type of Christ's victory and also of Christian baptism. Number two, the moral sense. The events reported in scriptures ought to lead us to act justly. As St. Paul says, they were written for our instruction. And number three, it's called a fancy word, the anagogical sense. The Greek term anagoge means leading. We can view realities and events in terms of the eternal significance, leading us towards our true homeland. Thus, the church on earth is a sign of the heavenly Jerusalem. The battles they face are our spiritual battles. That sounds a little deep. Can you give an example of what that means? While the Israelites were in Egypt and the angel of death passed over them, what did the angel look for to not kill the firstborn in their home? The blood of the lamb. If the angel saw the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, then they would live. In a similar way, we are redeemed by the blood of the true lamb of God, Jesus Christ. It is Jesus' blood that saves us. Yes, and John the Baptist even said he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Awesome! When they were leaving the place of slavery, the Red Sea parted and then cleansed them of their oppressors. What does this foreshadow in our Christian lives? The sacrament of baptism cleanses us from the oppression of sin. God washes the demons away that oppress us. That's nice and clean. They are headed to the promised land. And guess what our true promised land is? Heaven. Yes, we do not just accept Jesus as our Savior and then we are in the promised land. We have to go through the journey in the desert, which is this life on earth. What did they eat to strengthen them on the journey? They ate bread from heaven. This foreshadows our true bread from heaven, the Holy Eucharist that we receive in Holy Communion. Wow, our Holy Communion. 
And what did they drink? They drank water from the rock. Eventually, we will see that we are nourished by the water of the Holy Spirit from the church. The spiritual sense, the many levels of allegorical, moral, and anagogical sense together of the Bible, the sacred scriptures, that describes Jesus is God, is the fourth proof. It is God describing details of Jesus' life with the pictures and events of history. We will be pointing out many of these spiritual foreshadows of Jesus Christ as we continue our journey with Jesus. Actually, almost every book in the Old Testament has spiritual foreshadows of Jesus. Jesus is God's Word made flesh. Nobody else has this extensive foreshadowing. Not Buddha, not Socrates, not Confucius, not Muhammad. Only Jesus Christ, Him, and none other. Meditation helps us to see Jesus Christ in all the levels of sacred scriptures. We can develop this ability to see beyond the surface of things. We have to take a short break. To see more information on our pilgrimages and books, visit www.totallyyours.org. I'm your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, taking us on a journey with Jesus to the Holy Land. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hello, I'm David Delighton from the Center for Medical Progress with the Planned Parenthood videos. Catholic Radio is so important to the pro-life movement because it's our Catholic faith that teaches us about the true value and dignity of the human person and the inestimable worth of every single beautiful child of God. And that's a message that all of us need to hear and need to continue to pay attention to and be inspired by every day of our lives and work. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back. This is your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, taking us on a journey with Jesus to the Holy Land. Here with our guest is Jeff Scott and Beth Fassett. We just left the Quays of Qumran and arrived at the Dead Sea. We are in the lowest spot on the earth, besides the bottom of an ocean. This is as low as it gets. 
The surface and shores are 1,385 feet below sea level. The very bottom of the sea is over 2,300 feet below sea level. It's beautiful but stagnant. It is strange not seeing any signs of life, even in the water. When Moses and the people of Israel came to the Promised Land, they entered on the east side of the Dead Sea. The Jordan River feeds the Dead Sea. They had to cross there to get into the Holy Land. And then they went to Jericho and conquered that city. Way on the south side of the Dead Sea is a very famous city from the book of Genesis. It is Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember Abraham and his nephew Lot. He said, I'll go one way and you go another way. Lot ended up coming over there, all the way on the south side. And then God destroyed those cities with fire and brimstone because the wickedness was so great that it was crying out to him day and night. They were part of the Canaanite god of Baal. I remember from earlier shows that Baal is the sexual deviant. Yes, in Christianity we love the sinner but hate the sin. It's not politically correct to call sodomy a sin anymore. But that's where they got their name from. Sodomy is homosexual acts. The other sexual disorder behavior in the culture starts wounding the children and they in turn wound their children. When the culture becomes so damaged and wicked, then sodomy becomes rampant. In Genesis chapter 19, God sent fire and brimstone to demolish these cities. Sodom and Gomorrah are located at the very south side of the Dead Sea and the cities are buried out there. Today we have the grace of Jesus Christ to nourish, to heal, to change and strengthen us. So there is always hope with Jesus Christ and his grace and mercy. Lord have mercy on us. Why do they call it the Dead Sea? Because nothing lives in the sea. The entire sea is like a big pot of boiling water where nothing could get out. So all the concentration of salt goes up more and more until it gets what's called supersaturated. Normal seawater contains about 3% salts and the Dead Sea contains over 30% salts. There are actually industrial salt crystallizers located at the Dead Sea because it is very rich in salts and minerals. When you go in for a swim, the water is so full of salt that you will float. Be careful, the salt will burn your eyes. After our swim, we will meditate on the preciousness of life. I floated as if I were a raft. There was one person even reading a newspaper while floating on his back. Why do people wipe the mud all over their body? There is evidence that the minerals are good for your skin. If you stay out in the salt sea for more than 20 minutes, it can be harmful to your body because the salt will soak into your skin. Is it time for our little meditation? I think you said on the preciousness of life on earth. Yes, we are going to continue to learn how to meditate in order to walk with Jesus more effectively. Picture a beautiful, large, sandy beach along the ocean, or maybe even the sea, and take a moment to recall 
that we are with the angels in the presence of God. Are you there yet? Yes. Let's pray. Dear, Dear God, God, I beg you to please give me the grace that the three powers of my soul, my memory, my intellect, and my will, will be for the greater glory of God. Also, ask God for specific grace. Help me to appreciate the gift of being alive. The step number one, the memory. This is where we recall the subject and ask the question such as, What? What do I see as we walk along the beach? What do I hear? What do I feel? What do I smell? It is a beautiful sunny day and I see a very long sandy beach. I feel the soft sand underfoot as we go for a walk. The sun is warm. The gentle breeze is cool and refreshing. The white clouds look like soft cotton balls floating in the blue sky. The waves can be heard crashing on the shore. Now scoop up a handful of sand as we continue to walk. What do you notice? While looking closer at the many grains in my hand, I notice that most of them are light brown, some are black, and others are white. The grains are numerous. However, the amount of sand is so small compared to what is on the beach and underwater. Very good. And now we'll shift to the intellect. This is where we reflect and analyze the subject. We often ask the questions of why and how when we're in the intellect. So how many days are there in a year? 365. Very good. How many days are there in a hundred years? That would be a hundred times 365 or 36,500 days. Very good again. There are at least 36,500 grains of sand in your hand. If you live to be a hundred years old, each grain would represent a day in your life on earth. During your life, some days are exceptionally good, as can be seen by the white specks. Some days are tough, as can be seen in the black specks. But most days are average, as can be seen in the light brown specks. This handful represents the days of my life on earth. Even though the grains are numerous, they are soon gone. Every day that passes by on earth is like a grain of sand trickling through our hands. If the small amount of sand in your hand represents your life on earth, the large amount of sand on the beach and under the water represents a day in your life after earth. Wow, that's a lot. The way you spend the days of life on earth determines how you will spend all the days of life after earth. Jesus Christ gives us many opportunities on earth to build up our treasure in heaven when we see Matthew chapter 6 verse 20. I am looking at my handful of sand. There are three paths one could take in our pilgrimage on earth. The first path consists of endeavoring to love God with all our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies, and our neighbors as ourselves. During our eternal life in heaven, 
each day will be filled with joy so great it is unimaginable. For eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what things God has prepared for those who love them. From 1 Corinthians 2. We will shine like bright stars in the sky. Forever is such a long time. Won't we get bored? That's a good question, but will you get bored with power or beauty or truth or knowledge or peace or love or goodness? Actually, our beatific vision means that we'll possess God. That means we'll be filled with all those things. So when you actually experience how awesome God is, you'll be saying in your soul for all eternity, Wow! That sounds awesome. God is awesome. There's a second path we could take on our pilgrimage in life, and that is doing the minimum to get by and keeping our soul out of the state of mortal sin. After our life on earth, we will spend a long time suffering in the fires of purgatory. See Matthew 5.26 or 1 Corinthians chapter 3. After this, we will experience incredible, unimaginable joy in heaven, but not as much joy as the first path. We will shine like the very dim stars in the sky instead of a big wow. We will have a little wow. <laughs> there is a third path we could take on our pilgrimage in life. We will let our souls fall into the state of mortal sin. Then we'll blame and curse God for our foolishness and then die without repenting. During our eternally long life after earth in hell, each day will be filled with tortures so terrible and painful that they cannot be imagined. The truth that we are in hell through our own fault tortures us even more. Actually, hell is so horrible, you will be saying in your soul for all eternity, Ow! I shudder to even think about it. Think about how much sand is out there compared to the small amount in our hands and realize that eternity is even longer than the days or number of grains of sand on the beach or all the beaches over the whole world. Know for sure that the days in eternity are greater than all the grains of sand on the entire planet Earth. This thought helps us realize that the short time we are given here on Earth is very precious and important. Your life on Earth may be even less than a hundred years or an even smaller handful of sand. God let us know we can build up our treasure while on Earth, as Matthew 6.20 says, when we get to heaven, we cannot build up our treasure. We can only enjoy it. We must ask ourselves, how do we take advantage of the preciousness of the time we have on earth? Therefore, we make a resolution. This is the will. What resolution are you going to make regarding this subject? I will try to do my best to choose the first path every day, knowing our short life on earth. I promise to get to know and love Jesus by learning to pray the Rosary Mysteries and reading the Bible. I promise to be true to my covenant with God and to be united to Jesus by receiving Him in Holy Communion. To build up my treasure in heaven, I will use mental prayer. 
And to learn mental prayer, I will promise to beg God for the grace that the three powers of my soul, my memory, my intellect, and my will, will be for the greater glory of God. I will ask the Holy Spirit to remind me that every time I see sand, I will remember how short and precious this life is, and how eternally long the afterlife will be. I will have confidence that Jesus Christ won the big W for me, so my eternal ow will be an eternal wow. Very good, you guys. I see great progress in your soul. I can feel the joy in my soul already. That completes this portion of our journey with Jesus in the Holy Land. Today, we visited the Judean desert. We saw the spot where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we took a swim in the Dead Sea, and we started to teach our souls how to fly. What will we see next time? Next time, we'll go to the spot where Jesus Christ was baptized. We'll see where he was tempted by the devil in the desert, and we will go to ancient Jericho. Great guy, I'm looking forward to it. That wraps up this episode of Journey with Jesus. For more information on our pilgrimages, books, and local events, visit www.totallyyours.org. This is your tour guide, Guy Murphy on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. We will talk with you the next time, going to Jesus through Mary. Totus tuus, God bless. This was Journey with Jesus on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this or any other program, visit WSFIRadio.org.